You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Come with me in your Bibles, handsome and good-looking and anointed. Come with me in your Bibles. Um, you know, what a, what a crazy month. Last, last week, uh, we were at North Campus. I was at North Campus, excuse me. I was at North Campus. That's where I was. And uh, we had uh, Charlie Kirk. It started off on Friday night with Dinesh D'Souza. And the reason, the reason that, that, we, that we step into politics, the reason that we weigh, you know, we're not stepping back from it lest we offend people, is because for centuries the church has been seen as the, the place that dispense, dispensates light and truth clarity where there's confusion and so when when it comes to elections and there's all the ads and all the slogans and all the campaigns and you know it it can get confusing and then the church decided well we'll step back and just kind of tap out and let people leave them alone abandon them in the no no the church needs to step up and say, hey, listen, we know that there are two candidates, but let's look behind the candidate. Let's look behind the personality. Let's look behind who is running. And let's have a look at what they're running on. Let's have a look at what their platform is. Let's have a look at what their policies are. Let's have a look at what the fruit is that is growing on the trees. Let's look at what results. Let's look at what they've actually done when they've been in power and they've had authority so that you have clarity. My job is not to tell you who to vote for. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. But you know what? I have a responsibility before God to tell you what you ought to be voting for as a Christian. Now, it's totally up to you. It's totally up to you. You can can vote for, you know, goat blood drinking, devil worshiping, seance performing candidate, but understand that you're going to have to live under their values. Knock yourself out. You can vote for whoever you like, but as a pastor... I actually violate my responsibility before God and to the people if I don't tell you what you ought to be voting for. The Bible says when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the people groan. And then there are a lot of people say, well, you know, whoever the Lord wants, you know, whoever God wants will be in. No, no, God's not voting. No, I asked him this morning, did you receive a mail-in ballot? I, I never received it. He, they didn't. He didn't get a ballot. And his ballot doesn't override all of your ballots. Just so you know, just so you know, it goes all the way back to Genesis. God gave dominion over the earth to man. He he says, I know I created it, but Adam, I'm giving it all to you. I'm st- have dominion, exercise dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, beasts of the field, over everything that I've made. Psalm 8 says, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is the son of man that you even consider him? For you made him a little lower than Elohim and you have put him in charge of all the work of your hands. You've given him dominion over the entire earth. So if we choose a jack wagon to lead us, you're going to live under jack wagon policies. 
if we put a jag wagon anointing, it's true. If we put if we put the wrong people over our schools and education system on the school board, our kids are going to start getting brainwashed with all kinds of stuff that's destructive. So Christians have stepped back from the fray, and we've allowed all the activists to step in, and it's a mess. <coughs> Not anymore. All right, I've got a one-hour message that I'm going to do in 18 minutes and 42 seconds. So, so come with me in your Bibles too. It's all good. We're going to start in the book of Matthew 27. But before we go there, I want them to put a picture up. This, this picture inspired this message. The title of my message this morning, and some of you would have heard a, pre, a pre-preached version of this message called the Barabbas Bias. There's a revelation I got on a plane Believe it or not, I think the altitude, you're just closer to God at 33,000 feet, something like that. And, uh, and so I started preaching this, but it's amazing because it was literally a lens that opened up the Scriptures. And I want to explain to you the chaos and the confusion so that you can have clarity. This morning, I'm going to make sense of the chaos and the confusion, the conflict that's going on in our nation and nations around the world so that you can see clearly. The Bible helps you to see clearly. The Bible is a prophetic book. And one of the words for prophet is seer. You are called to be a prophetic people. You are called to see. Where other people are confused, you can see clearly. You can say, well, actually, no, no, let me explain it to you. That's how it's meant to be. So uh, I'm not sure if we can throw that picture up of the Ark of the Covenant that I drew with the two cherubim facing one another. It's there. So I, I, I was sitting on a plane, sitting on a plane. I just felt I've got this Bible app on my, um, uh, sorry, I've got this art app on my uh, iPad. And I just started I've just felt to draw the Ark of the Covenant. I was just fascinated with the Ark of the Covenant. The Bible says about the Ark of the Covenant that the the two cherubim uh, face one another, their wings touching, and in the middle over the mercy seat is where the presence of God, the Shekinah glory of God dwelt. And so I kind of drew like this, kind of this mist, like this mist. And then I just had this, this, this verse go through my mind that the Father glorified the Son. And Jesus prayed in John 17, He says, Father, glorify the Son so that the Son may glorify you. And then the Father responds, He says, I have glorified you. And so if the glory of God dwelt there, I just, I just, I just kind of painted Christ. And as soon as I saw that, it was like, fum, 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 fum. it was like all these doors in the spirit realm open, I began to see. Now I want to show you what I saw, and, and it's unbelievable. Let me just say this about your Bible. Your Bible is absolutely 100% uh, recorded history. There's about 4,000 years. It's actually 6,000 because Moses wrote the book of Genesis, but he wrote it a couple of thousand years after creation. Um, but there's a, 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 at least 4,000 years of archaeological and historical data that's in your Bible, but don't ever reduce your Bible to just being a historical document. Because you and I live in time, so it is stamped in time. Just like when you send a letter, it is stamped in time. But that letter can have information on it that post-dates the stamp when it was sent. God lives outside of time. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so understand that the the Bible is also more accurate today 
and is more accurate next week than the Time magazine and the newspaper. The, 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 the Bible is, is so prophetic and is so powerful, and there are patterns all the way through it. And so uh, come with me, Matthew 27, and we'll just read. It says, uh, Now it was the governor's custom at the feast to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. We're going to be reading from uh, the NIV this morning the nearly inspired version, the NIV. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. The reason I, I chose the NIV is because the NIV was the only one courageous enough to translate from the original Greek word for word, this passage. So I want you to notice what Barabbas' first name is. At that time, there was a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting down on the judge's seat, his wife sent him a message saying, do not have anything to do with that, that innocent man for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. Well, what shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. Crucify him, they all answered. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water, washed his hands in front of the crowd, said, I am innocent of this man's blood. He said, it is your responsibility. And all the people answered, his blood is on us and on our children. And then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed over to be crucified. Had Jesus handed over to be crucified. So let me give you three quick thoughts in the 12 minutes that we've got remaining. The first one is when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, He says, when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So point number one is on earth as it is in heaven. In the book of Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, I'm going to go a little, little bit quick till I can get to, to the point. In the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 8, verse 5, Paul or Barnabas, whoever wrote the book of Hebrews, is saying that when God gave the patent of Moses, if we can throw that scripture up, Hebrews 8 verse 5, when He gave the patent of, of Moses to build the tabernacle in the wilderness, to build the Ark of the Covenant, to build all of those things, that those things are a shadow and a type. They're an earthly depiction of a heavenly reality. They are an earthly construct of a heavenly reality. So there is a tabernacle in the heavens. There is, a, there, is a, there is an ark in the heavens. There is a mercy seat in the heavens. In fact, in Hebrews 9, 11, it says, but when Christ, who was our high priest, when he died on the cross, when he ascended into heaven, he ascended into heaven as our high priest. He also was the lamb whose blood was shed, the innocent blood. And he took that blood and he went through the veil and he put it on the mercy seat before God in heaven. Now we know that the priests on earth, because earth is meant to be a reflection of heaven. Are you still with me? Am I moving too quick or are you, you you're with me? So so the earthly tabernacle is a is a is a 
an earthly construct. It is a natural representation of a heavenly reality. Jesus died on, on the, the, the cross on the earth, but, but, but the veil was torn on the earth, but the veil was torn in heaven. When Jesus shed his blood on the earth, he took that blood and he put it on the mercy seat of heaven. That's why even the angels, when they proclaimed that Jesus was, was coming, the Mashiach was coming, that they came to the shepherds and stupid people say, well, the Jesus came to the shepherds because his heart's for the poor. That's why he went to the, no, no, the shepherds weren't poor, they were employed. And the reason he came to the shepherds is because the shepherds had the responsibility in Bethlehem, in Bethlehem, of, of keeping the sheep close to Jerusalem, close to the temple, because they had to come every day, every day, every day, and choose lambs to be selected for the sacrifice, for the daily sacrifice. And the angels were coming saying, good news, the, the labor and the toil and the sacrifice and the pressure on you is coming to an end. You're gonna find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, just like you swaddle a lamb. In the same way, you're gonna find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So it's a picture of earth in heaven. Now. If we can go back to that first picture, the first picture of the, the Ark of the Covenant, the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel 28 about Lucifer, about Satan, that he was, he was the anointed cherub who covers. Now it's interesting, when Moses had to construct the tabernacle, there were two cherubim, two cherub angels that faced one another and their wings touched. And then in, when you read in Ezekiel 28, talking about Lucifer, it says, you were the anointed cherub who covers. Covers what? Covers the mercy seat, covers the, the glory, covers the, the presence. You were the anointed cherub who covers. But because the one on this side, which was Lucifer, high up in heaven, highly esteemed, highly positioned, because he broke away, because he rebelled, remember one third of the angels of heaven threw their light in with him. He caused a rift in heaven. That rift in heaven has reverberated in the earth. And that's what I wanna show you. It, it reverberated in the earth and it lands on and it's proved in the Barabbas bias. Why would they choose Barabbas who was guilty of insurrection rebellion and murder. Why would they choose Barabbas over the Christ? What's well, interesting because he rebels and he, calls, and he causes a rift. So let's just go back. So both of them were called Jesus. Jesus Barabbas and Jesus who was called the Messiah. Okay, the word Barabbas means Bar is son or son of Abbas, father. So here is Pontius Pilate on a platform. 
he's trying to get out of he's trying to get out of crucifying the Christ because he's just interviewed him. He got a letter from his wife saying, "Have nothing to do with this man. I've suffered things in a dream." He's like, "This is freaky," because I can still remember Herod having wise men who trekked for over three years from the east, saying, "Where is he who has been born to be king of the Jews?" That was thirty years ago, man. It, this. It, and now my wife is suffering things in a dream. This man is opening the eyes of the blind, doing miracles. I mean, this, I don't want to mess with this guy. When I asked him, you are a king then. He, he, he said, I am, but my kingdom is not of this world. I, and so he's trying to, to let Jesus go free, but he's a politician. So he also wants to keep his power and privilege, so he wants to please the people. So what he does is he goes into the prison and he looks for who is the biggest scumbag we got in the prison. And they said, well, there's a guy who is causing insurrection, rebellion, murder, he's torching places, destroying stuff, he's killed people. So he brings this guy out, not realizing that he brings out Jesus Bar Abbas, Jesus, the son of the father, and he has him standing right next to Jesus, the son of the father. One of them is sinless. The other one is guilty of insurrection, rebellion, and murder. Jesus said about the devil, he is a liar. He is a murderer from the beginning. The devil, the devil was the one who split heaven, took one third of the angel. He caused a rebellion. He caused an insurrection in heaven. He is a liar, a liar and a murderer from the beginning. Can you see where it's landing? But it is now personified in exactly the same name. Exactly the same name. So, so, so they ask, well, which, which, one, which one do you want? There's this, there's this theme all the way through the Scripture, the left and right. In Matthew 25, I'll say to those on my, on my right hand, come you blessed, my father, they are the sheep. And, but then there's the goats. He says, and then I'll separate the goats. The goats are on my left. I was hungry, you didn't feed me. In prison, you didn't visit me. Naked, you didn't clothe me. When do we, what you didn't do to the least of these, you did unto me. So there's this, there's this left and right, left and right before the throne of God. Now come all the way back to Joseph. Joseph is a shadow and a type of Christ. When Joseph was in the prison, it is a, it is a, it is a snapshot. There, there, there are patterns, and I can't go into it, but there, there, there are just repetitive patterns. So Joseph is in the prison. And uh, did you guys get the, the picture of Joseph? Can you throw that one up? So here's a picture. Joseph is in the prison. And the Bible says while he's in the, the prison, it's a bad picture, but there's Joseph in the prison. And... Uh, so, so watch this. So Joseph was betrayed by his own people. It was the Jews that handed Jesus over to be crucified. He was sold as a slave. The price of, of his sale was 30 pieces of silver. Jesus was betrayed by Judas for coincidence. Okay, so 30 pieces of silver sold into slavery. Falsely accused, Potiphar's wife said, he tried to rape me when he was righteous. He could have opened his mouth and defended himself, but she would have perished. Jesus could have defended himself. I have done nothing deserving of death, but we would have perished. So Jesus goes to the cross. Jesus goes to the, the cru crucifixion. The pit is, is uh, always 
interchangeable in Scripture with death. If they would go down to the pit, I went down into the pit. The pit and death, it's symbolic of death. They threw Joseph in the pit, in the prison. So he's in the prison. In the prison, which is symbolic of death, being sentenced to death, two people come to him. One is the butler and one is the baker. The butler and the baker. They come to him. And Joseph is put in charge of these guys. And both of them, a little bit stroppy one day, and Joseph says, what's going on? They said, well, we've had dreams. We, we just have these crazy dreams. He says, well, tell me your dreams because God uses me to interpret dreams. And he says, well, you know, there I was, and I saw three vines above my head producing grapes. And I took the cluster of grapes and I squeezed them into a chalice and I put it back into Pharaoh's right hand. And then the baker says, well, I also had a dream. And in my dream, there were three baskets above my head. And they were filled with all kinds of bread. But the birds of the air came and were eating the bread in the basket. Don't know what that means. Crazy dream, crazy dream. Joseph says, aha, the dreams are one and the same. He says, the three baskets and the three vines are three days. In three days. How long was Jesus in the tomb? In three days, in three days, in three days, butler, because you take care of the wine. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the wine and said, this wine is the blood of the new covenant. Because the blood is grace. The blood is somebody else had to shed that blood. The grapes had to die so that I could drink the wine. You're gonna restore it to the right hand of Pharaoh means that you're standing on the right. The butler on the left, uh, sorry, the baker on the left said, well, there were, I had three baskets above my head, three baskets with, with bread in it. And Jesus says, the three baskets are three days, but watch the language. The birds were eating the bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of heaven that has come down. The bread is the word of God. Give us this day our daily bread. The bread is, because you did not protect the word, but allowed the birds of heaven to eat the bird, in three days, you're gonna perish. And in three days, he was executed, but the butler was, was, was restored. Now fast forward, Jesus is on the cross. Jesus is on the cross. The Bible says they crucified him between two thieves. They crucified him between two thieves. One of the thieves, the thief on the left, said to him, if you are the son of God, where have we learned that language before? Where have we heard that before? Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God. He says, if you are the son of God, save yourself and save us. But the, the, the thief on the other side of Jesus rebuked that guy and he said to him, what are you doing? This man has done nothing wrong. We are here because of the crimes we've committed. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. One is appealing to grace, to the blood that he's shedding, knowing that he doesn't have time or the ability to get down now and start doing righteous things. He's appealing. Jesus on the cross turns to him and says, I tell you the truth today, 
you will be with me in paradise. One goes to life, the other one goes to death. Joseph in the prison, one goes to life, the other one goes to death. Now fast forward, or just rewind back, Jesus is now in front of Pilate, but the roles have shifted. Instead of Jesus being the judge and Jesus being the one in authority, a politician is in authority. Jesus is on the left and Barabbas is on the right. One gets set free, the other one goes to death. The other one is handed over to death. This was all in God's economy because he knows the rage. He knows the rage. So, so what is the Barabbas bias? The Barabbas bias is this, that until you are regenerated, regeneration is what it means to be born again. Until you are born again of the Spirit of the living God, when, when, when you don't go to heaven because you did a religious class or, you know, you did holy confirmation or, you know, your holy communion. You go to heaven when you are born again. Jesus says, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. When you are born again, when Christ comes into your heart, you are born again, you are regenerated. All of a sudden, the, the rage, the deception and the lies. I remember when I got saved, it was like my conscience came to life. And I could see, man, I thought this was right. Now I realize how wrong that is. I thought it was okay to, now I realize, oh my God, that's sinful. Unregenerate man does not realize he has a bent and he has a bias towards, I don't know why, but I release to us Barabbas and crucify the Christ. Crucify the Christ. It's, it's, it's innate within us until we are born again, until we begin to see there's a rage in us. We, we see this, uh, and I don't have time to go into it, but remember in, in Mark chapter five, where Jesus casts out the demon out of the, the legion, the guy with the, the legion in Gadarenes. It's interesting because when, when, he cast, when he's casting the demons out, the Bible says that the demons pleaded with Jesus. They pleaded with Jesus, please do not send us out of the region. And so there was a herd of swine. They said, look, there's a herd of swine there. Send us into the swine. So Jesus gave them permission and He sent them into the swine. The swine runs violently down the hill and drown in the water. Then those who attended the pigs. Now, these people are, are, are Jewish people, but they've departed from the Torah. They've departed from God because swine is an unclean animal. And so they've said, hey, we don't want God, we don't want your laws. We're gonna profit from what is unclean. And the Bible says when they came and they saw the man who they couldn't tame, they saw the man with chains and shackles, they'd often tried to bind him and tame him, tormented, cutting himself with stones, every day crying out. When they saw him clothed, seated, sitting in his right mind, they were terrified, watch this. And then they began to plead, well, hang on. The demons also pled. Now these men began to plead with Jesus. Okay, I'm, now you got my attention because the demons were pleading, do not send us out of the area. The men who 
took care of the pigs began to plead with Jesus to depart from their region. They began to plead with Jesus to depart. So in other words, over this region, over Chula Vista, over San Diego, over California, we want, we want the unclean here, but we want Christ to depart. Do you see it? It's called the Barabbas bias. And the Barabbas bias undergirds all of the political stuff. That, that, that's, that, that, that's why we see nativity scenes banned. Nativity scenes are banned. Like you can't have, you can't have, you know, shepherds standing there with a, a Joseph and a Mary and then a baby lying in a manger because that's offensive. Because how many people know a family scene with angels and like little lambs and a little baby lying in a feeding trough is so offensive. That is so offensive. But the same administration that banned nativity scenes also were promoting the gay pride festivals where there's all kinds of sexual debauchery happening in the streets. So, we, so we'll remove the Christ but we'll bring in the unclean. The same, the same people that want to, that will fight tooth and nail for abortion, that they, they, they fight for abortion. Abortion is the murder of the innocent. But it, isn't it inter interesting if you ever talk to one of these people and ask them, well, you know, uh, people who are on death row, you know, that have the death penalty, that, you know, raped a whole bunch of people and killed people, they are fighting for the abolition of the death penalty. They will say the death penalty is inhumane. Wow, because you want to sentence every innocent baby to a death penalty, that's what abortion is. And yet the people who are in prison on death row who have raped, who have murdered, you want to abolish. It's called, you, are, you have an infection called sin. That sin is more than just you do wrong things. It's a rebellion. The switch on the inside of you is rebellious towards God. It will ultimately lead to when the Antichrist rises up. When the Antichrist rises up, because this is a snapshot of the future. Do you follow Yeshua, Mashiach, Jesus the Christ, or will you follow the one from the world who the number of his name is 666 who stands in the place of God pro proclaiming himself to be God and all the nations of the world those who did not receive the Christ follow after him saying who is like him because of a rebellion because of a rage because of a Barabbas bias on the inside of you they will choose him over the Christ when Jesus returns, it's going to be very, very easy to... That's why it's important that you don't just play religious games when you come to church. That's why you don't just come and you say, Hey, I bought an Awakened t-shirt. My Awakened t-shirt... Your Awakened t-shirt won't get you... Now, there are awesome shirts, but they're not going to get you into heaven. If you are not born again, you got to be born again. Because you don't even realize on the inside of you, there is a bias, there is a rage. And I've got 105 different illustrations, but I don't have time to go through but you you will you will see it all the way all the way through where they protect the innocent uh, 
the last one I'll finish with. A number of years ago, a number of years ago, uh, in in the, the the Netherlands, there was a sorry in France they 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 decided they were going to draw a picture, a cartoon of Muhammad, and they had riots and rages in the street, and you know there was a an. Uh, uh, Antifada put on these people like death, death threats on the newspaper and everything. You can't draw a cartoon depiction of Muhammad. Okay, but the same people that said that that is that is wrong, that we shouldn't do that. At the same time, the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, said it's wrong to draw a depiction of Muhammad. Said it is art to take a crucifixion of Christ and put it in a bucket of urine so an artist got Christ on a cross and put it into basically like a toilet bowl full of urine and the ACLU defended that as free speech but said you got to protect Muhammad we will crucify the Christ but we will release the bloodshed who was Muhammad he was the one when nobody would buy into his vision, armed his men and went from village to village, convert or die, convert or die. It's the religion of the sword. That's why it has the, the sword even in the insurrection, rebellion, murder. They say that is esteemed holy and protected, but the Christ put him in a bucket of piss. That's called art. It goes all the way through. As it comes into the political persuasion, as it comes into political times, you and I as the saints, as the sons and daughters of the Most High God, need to look behind what personalities are on the platform and look behind all of that and see what is actually in play. Look beyond who and look at what. Where is God lying? Because one, one carries the Barabbas bias. And the other one is protecting the unborn. The other one is protecting free speech. The other one is protecting religious assembly. Look beyond when you make your vote. Amen. Amen. Would you close your eyes? I know I've gone a little long. I did, I, it's like an hour Bible study. I apologize. I'm trying to just jam it all in. I'm going to do it again. Listen to it again. <laughs> While well, every head is bowed, every eye closed. If you know today you need to be born again, it is a gift of God. You don't have to earn it. You just have to receive. Jesus says, whoever believes in me will not perish, but have everlasting life. Just before I hand back to Pastor Mike, if that's you saying, man, I want to be born again. I need to be born again. I need to be regenerated. Here's the honest to God truth. When I came to Christ at 18, my heart was filled with so much bitterness, so much anger, towards my father. My goal in life was when I turn 18, I'm going to beat my dad's head in. That was my goal. Because when I was nine, when I was 11, when I was 12, when I was 13, 14, 15, he had become more and more violent, become more and more abusive to alcohol, but also to my mama. And I remember one time when I was maybe 15 or 16, he came home in a blind rage and began to beat into my mama. She was so beat up that she couldn't go out in public. I remember coming home, mom's car was in the driveway and I'm like, mom, where are you, mom? And 
and I could, I could hear someone, I could hear doors sliding and doors opening and I could hear someone in another room, but whichever room I went in, this person went into, and then finally I saw and she had her head down. I said, mom, mom, when she lifted her eye, when she lifted her face, one eye was completely like, looked like she'd been fighting with Mike Tyson. Her lip was swollen, her nose was broken and she couldn't look me in the eye because of the shame. I remember just saying, when I get physically strong enough, I'm gonna beat my dad's head, I'm gonna beat him. I'm gonna... Instead, when I got saved, Jesus came into my heart and I promised before God, all the bitterness went away. All the anger, all the... went away. Brought my mum to church, she got saved. Today I'm helping my dad, he's 78. And he wants to retire. He wants to spend his last years on the Gold Coast. So Leanne and I felt to honor him. We have a property that we bought many, many years ago in Australia. And I got a letter from the bank a few months ago saying, hey, you, you've only got like four payments left and this thing's paid off. And now you've got this much equity. So we decided, why don't we look after my dad? Why don't we buy him a property where he wants to live? A two bedroom property near the beach. He started crying because he was only ever nasty. He was only ever abusive. And I, there are nights I lie in bed and I know my little brother hates my dad. Won't respond to his text messages, won't take his calls, returns Christmas cards. And I know the difference is that I've allowed Christ to fill my heart. I feel, and I know that my dad's gonna get saved because of the loving kindness that is shown to him. That's what happens when you're born again. I'm not talking about joining a church or a religious affiliation or I'm talking about being born again. If that's you, would you quickly raise your hand saying, I need that on the inside of me. Thank you, darling. Who else? Thank you, young man. Who else? Thank you, young man. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I'd love to pray for you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. God sees your hands. Can we all say these, these words out loud? Say, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you today that you so love me. You sent Jesus, your only son, to die on the cross, to take away all my sin. Lord Jesus, thank you that your blood shed on that cross cleanses me, delivers me, frees me, so that today I am born again. I am a child of God. Heaven is my home. God is my Father, and I am His child. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.